the more you do it, the more experienced you become and the more knowledge you get and the less fear you have around it. Like I have absolutely no fear around property or borrowing lots of money or anything now. You're listening to the She Renovates podcast. You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. Hello, hello, everyone. So we're back with another episode of She Renovates, and I have a guest, a special person today in Megan Brock. Now, I've got quite an extensive bio for Megan, and I'm going to read it out because she has an extraordinary background, and I think it's worth giving it some oxygen. So Megan is a TV producer a yoga instructor, an artist, and a cheesemaker. She's worked in television for 25 years, working with Hamish and Andy for 10 of those years. I didn't know that, Megan, and has worked on most of the reality shows you can think of, including MasterChef, Love Island, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, and also the Olympic Games, most recently working on the Tokyo Olympics in the lead-up to and during covid so Megan, where's the block? I know you <laughs> I know. I can't believe I have never done the block. I literally I've heard it's really hard work working on the block. So I think I just prefer to sit back and watch it from here. Awesome. Perfect. <laughs> Megan recently produced two online series of interviews and classes with senior Iyenga. Iyenga. <laughs> Thank you. I was just trying to work out whether that was a typo. <laughs> Yoga teachers for their yoga community and is coming on board with the School of Renovating to produce a series of interviews with our Wonder Woman. The series will showcase 10 of our Wonder Women and their projects and successes, including a sneak into their budgets, profits, and will be hosted by Lucy Scott, who's another Wonder Woman. So we're sort of doing a telepromo, aren't we, Megan? We are. We're cross-promoting. Yeah, it's lovely. (laughs) Megan bought her first home at 17 with her mum and has bought nine properties since. She renovated a property in Ocean Shores, just north of Byron, last year and has just finished setting up an Airbnb at St Andrews Beach on the Mornington Peninsula. Megan is passionate about women and children and finding ways to help those at risk of homelessness. Megan hopes to be able to do a project one day to set up affordable housing for women who need it most. Well, welcome. So let's get on to the topic. So Mm. I'm really excited to have you here because, like, we love all our Wonder Women. The thing I want to really bring out is that as women, when we want to make a difference in our own lives, most people that we work with have another cause or other people that they want to help and my I guess the time that we've spent together I've realized that you have that on a really big scale and you've got a really incredible heart and I just really wanted to shed some light on what you're doing but we're going to start and talk about you for a start about your family we've sort of covered your day job but if you want to cover a bit more on that and basically where you live and who is Megan Brock yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, thank you for having me here, Bernadette. It's really nice to talk to you and I feel very honoured to be asked. There's so many amazing people in your community and 
I honestly have never felt so welcome and arms have been opened by everybody the whole time I've been here and that hasn't been for very long. So yeah, I am living in Melbourne and I have a five-year-old son and two stepdaughters who live in the UK. They're both studying. One of just has just graduated at university over there and the other one's just finishing. And one of them is flying back from Greece as we speak, actually. We're going to see her for the first time in three years, which is great. And yeah, I work in TV and it's a busy thing to work on, making television. And I work on lots of different shows as a freelancer. So it's been hectic. We've, yeah, like you said, I worked with Hamish and Andy for 10 years. So we traveled around the world together making all of their TV shows. And then they've had a bit of a break now. So I'm off doing other things as well. But that was lots of fun and it was great to do when I didn't have children. But then when I had my five-year-old, I realized that I'd sort of had to slow down and not be working so many hours. And we bought a place up in Ocean Shores. And sorry, I said last year in that in my notes, but I think it was actually in 2019, we bought that property. And during COVID, we had a situation where the tenant was just trashing the place he was an artist and wasn't really taking any care and so we went up for an inspection and realized that it was a nightmare and if we left him there the whole house would be ruined so we had to remove him and then we renovated the place and I was actually like cram listening to she renovates because I just googled renovation like podcast I'd never listened to a podcast before and I found yours and I was just listening to it the whole time I had my ear pods in and my husband was always just like you still listening to that podcast and I was like yep and I was just could not get enough of it and I was realizing that yeah like the creativity that we get to experience renovating is something that I was sort of missing a little bit in my job because my job is very logistic based I'm sort of like a project manager I look after contracts and budgets and HR and all of that sort of stuff but yeah, the renovation side of things I realised was a really nice creative outlet for me. I, as I said, I do like to paint. I'm a bit of a, a struggling sort of wannabe artist as well. So yeah, the renovation styling thing really interests me. So yeah, I sort of backed away from television for about five months after a friend passed away while I was cleaning out his house and just sort of started to really investigate what I wanted to do here and was obviously listened to every podcast and started to become more involved in the community and then we went away for our retreat and I realized that there's just all these amazing women that have these incredible stories about renovation that and I was so inspired and said to you Bernadette and a few others why don't we make a show about this like this is so great I loved hearing everyone getting up and telling their stories and showing how much money they can make from renovating and so now we're going to look at doing this yeah 10-part series and we'll probably hopefully keep doing it just to show everyone out there in the community what you can do and what you can achieve and I've got so many friends in their late 40s early 50s who still rent one-bedroom apartments on their own with their cats or dogs or whatever find they're happy but also some of them aren't so happy and I just you just want to scream it from the top of a building don't you just come on you can do it like it's not that hard and I think my mum passed away when she was 55 and I think from that point in time realized that I mean, I've always been very positive and very driven and she's always helped me to read lots of books about renovating, lots of books about property and finance and self-growth and personal development and things like that. So when she passed away, I kind of had this another epiphany about life and what is our story? Who are we and what, where are we going to end up at the end? What are people going to say about us when we die? Like, what's important? What are my values? What do I want to give? back what I want to receive what I want this next journey to be with this next chapter of my book sort of thing and yeah I realized that renovating gave me that time back to be able to spend that time with my family and my friends and 
to give back to the community. I volunteer in a couple of different communities, including my yoga community and my school council and various other things. So, and now with the School of Renovating, I want to sort of help to showcase and do maybe do some interviews with these women that women and yeah, like highlight what an amazing group of people you are. Well, Sorry, I probably we, rambled a bit too much there about it. No, that, <laughs> that's fine. You're in good company. I, I have to say I'm really excited about the project and I'll, we'll get onto that in a minute. But one thing I wanted to say, like in terms of you mentioned about you have women friends that are older and renting a one-bedroom apartment and don't can't see past that. And Stephen and I, when we did our little road trip recently, we called into his brother's place and spent the night with Stephen's brother and his partner. And he was talking about our niece who is in lives in Melbourne and is renting, she rents on her own. She's just early 30s. And she rents on her own in Brunswick. And I had said, I said to them, has she ever considered buying? And I think it's just Often, I'm not going to specifically say women, but get into that mindset that I could just, it's just a something that I just, a hurdle that I just can't, it's too big to get over. And like for us, it's sort of second nature. So I actually went online and like, she's got a great job. Like it's not such a big hurdle, but I went online and I found out that she could buy an apartment almost identical to what she was renting. And in actual fact, it would cost her less than what she was paying in rent. Wow. Yeah. So. Yeah. um, yeah. I I sort of, I guess like because mum allowed me the opportunity to buy my first place when I was 17, that gave me the experience and confidence to learn how to do it with her. And then thereafter, I think I've done joint ventures, not as officially as I probably should have, but what I would probably do them differently if I was doing them today. But I've done about four joint ventures. I did one with mum and then I did one with my boyfriend and his mum and dad and then I did one with a girlfriend in Coogee in Sydney. We bought a place. It was her grandmother's place. Her grandmother passed away eventually, but we were allowed to buy the property from her mum. And we had a really good chat about it because it was obviously her family property. And we sat down and talked about buying this place together. It was like $400,000 and it was a lot of money for us. And we were sort of in our mid-20s at the time. And it was quite daunting to go into that kind of arrangement with a friend we're both living at the property together as well and so we had really good chats about what if we get married what if we have babies out of wedlock and don't have a boyfriend or what if we have a big fight like what are the we had about 50 things that we talked about together which she talked about last night on the retirement thing as well just how important it is to have those big conversations together and just be really think about every scenario that could possibly happen and we did that and we wrote it all down in our contract with the lawyer and, you know, sure enough, when she got married, I sold the place back to her and she only just sold that property recently, actually. And so, yeah, I, I love the idea of when you're 20 and you're 20s, just finding a friend or finding two friends and just trusting that you can get in the market so easily. You can save up a bit of money and get 10 grand each together or whatever and buy a little apartment and hold on to it for a little while or renovate it and just sit on it, make it an Airbnb or whatever. Like there's so many opportunities. There's a lot of fear, I think, yeah. as you said, people are scared to do that. They're worried about losing money. And But in my experience, you've just got to get be in it to win it. You've got to get in there and be a part of it. Otherwise you miss out and you get to the end and you're sort of living in a one-bedroom apartment and living off the pension and yeah. that's not really where I want it to be. So 
yeah, I just had a lot of. Yeah, I think it's also about the company you keep. And like, yeah. I am sure, and I'm, you're probably the same, the people I spend my time with get sick to death of me rattling on about what we do. It filters through. And like with our niece, because she's not in that environment, and it's like I'm sure that I know that her life is rich in other ways, but with this particular situation, the idea of getting financial capacity and owning a home, like sort of basic need for security it is about who you spend your time with and what they're thinking and talking about yeah that's right I think my partner just thinks I'm absolutely crazy most of the time because we're just before we were buying our latest project down at St Andrews I before we'd even settled I was sending him new options and opportunities and he was just going can you just like stop and just be okay with this one for a minute and then yeah I think it's that thing that you were saying on the first retirement thing the other night where you were saying was it or no it was Michelle during the millionaire mindset thing she was saying think about it but think about money or think about property for 20 hours a week or something you're like I think about it a lot more than that (laughs) (laughs) it's a bit of an obsession isn't it it's like sometimes I'm like oh my god am I crazy like what like why am I so obsessed with it I just am so fat I'm so I just really want to yeah, I want to just do it and be involved in it and keep doing it. It's great. It's a great obsession. And like I've got this theory that it is an extension of the nesting instinct. That when I don't know about you, but the minute that I could have my own home, it became an obsession and has never really gone away. I've been living and breathing it ever since. So I think that's got something to do with it because mm. it's definitely a woman thing. I know yeah. lots of men think about property, but in a different way. Funny, I, I get yeah. into some, some of those property groups and they're so reeking of testosterone. You know, not a push and all throw in sight. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny because it's an Andrew project. Dave is keeping a track of all the budget. He's really good with all the it's my partner. He's yeah. keeping a track of all the finance side of things. I do that for a living, so I'm very happy for him to take care of all that. And he said to me the other day, can I, because the cushions were the last thing to go in, and he's like, can I ask the receipts for those cushions that you bought? And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> you don't want to know what I ended up buying there. You don't really know how much cushions cost, do you? Yeah, just keep that one off the budget. I'll just buy those myself. Yeah, it's good. I mean, I think, you know, Dave and I, we have our little joint ventures together property-wise, but we both have our independent lifestyles as well and we have separate bank accounts and like to be able to do what we want to do. He likes records, like other things. And so I think it's really nice to have a relationship where you can just always have your own money and feel like you can go and do things on your own. And he's very supportive of my property journey, especially since we've made some nice little profits recently on some things and realises that it's a good thing to do. And his fear was quite high when we first started doing this together and we bought a something off the plan, which I know was not something that you now recommend and was seemed like a good idea at the time, but took us, we only sold it last year and it was 15 years we had it and only made a very small amount of money. So I echo your thoughts on that from last night's, from yesterday's yeah. retirement 
chat, not to buy off the plan because it just, yeah, you're paying at a premium for sure. And yeah, yeah, but we did make a little bit of a profit and then we bought Ocean Shores and that's done really well for us. So yeah, he's all about, well, once we get some more cash together, you can go off and do your little renovations with some other people if you want. And so he's definitely much more on board than he was once upon a time because he's realised that it's very profitable. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Actually, Christina's yeah. just jumped in and said, when you scroll realestate.com rather than Instagram, you're obsessed. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I know. There's that thing on your phone where you can check what percentage you spent your time on, on your phone. And yeah, okay. realestate.com is the top of my. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about, so before we move into looking at St. Andrews, which I really want to do, what so what would be at the moment would be your primary goal with renovating? So what's your sort of dream life with renovating? Yeah, so I think we're focusing at the moment. We've sort of got about five or ten years. My partner's ten years older than me, so we've got about, we're saying ten because our five-year-old's at primary school, so we're sort of going, we're going to get him through primary school and then we're going to retire together. So we're going to spend the next, say, seven to ten years sort of buying property, Airbnb or renovating and selling. But we're building wealth to get to the point where ultimately we'll have a few properties in our self-managed super that will give us some income tax-free. And I want to just do a few renovations because I've only really done that one renovation and so it's given me the appetite to go forward with the next ones. My big goal ultimately is to end up having some property that is helping women at the risk of homelessness, some affordable housing options. And I've sort of been looking at units as an option just in the long term, kind of maybe in the next three or four years. And then I also had a conversation with some friends at dinner last night and thought of another idea, which was, which I've always had in the back of my mind, which is I don't want to end up in a retirement village. I want to end up in like a community of friends somewhere. And we are all talking again about last night buying a big block of land like they did on the block at the moment and building houses with a little community area and whatever we decide to have there at the time. But, yeah, that would be something I'd like to do as well one day. But it would be a challenge to get the right people. And Yeah. (laughs) I always used to think that too. And some friends of mine, of Stephen's, actually did that. He had one friend who was an accountant and really determined. He said that when he became old, he wanted to have control over his care. And so he suggested that a few of them buy a ski chalet and then when they got to the stage where they couldn't look after themselves, that they would train staff to, you know, have staff come in and do it. Sadly, he did do that. He bought it. But sadly, he actually died prematurely. He died quite young. So that was really sad. But after having watched or been part of the demise of my mum, not that her later stages in life were that much different to anywhere else I realized that while having people care for you seems like the ideal in reality it's not Mm. because one of the things that we like I think I love the concept while you're well and able to look after yourselves but I know one of the things that we did with mum was actually engage carers to look after her in her own home Mm. and in the end we did have to put her into care because she was getting up at night and having bad falls and things. But when we did put her into care, I realised that the care at home wasn't good enough. 
yeah, and yeah. So yeah. yeah, so it's an interesting concept, and I'd love to see someone managing that well. But I'm just yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it would be hard work, definitely, especially yeah. if we're a bit older and a bit more stuck in our way. <laughs> I think maybe we'll just have some in-house kind of help. Yeah. Maybe my goal should be to be able to afford to have people to help me through that yeah. project. Yeah, and I think that's a great goal. Actually, my neighbour in Beecroft, she's in her 90s, and she used to say, oh, I don't want to go into home. She said, I can live here. I can get lean cuisine for dinner or the one that they deliver. And that, anyhow, she did stay at home until she was 94. She also oh. was a great property inspiration. She had a massive portfolio. But anyhow, so uh, yeah, so the yeah, the community housing for with women at risk of homelessness ultimately would be my thing. I think I, I'm reading this book at the moment called The Dreaming Path by Paul Callahan, and he's an Indigenous man who talks about how indi- the Indigenous story is that by the end of your life, everyone talks about your story. I sort of talked about that at the beginning of the interview. And yeah, I, I really want to get to the end and feel like I've made a difference and been able to make some change as opposed to just talking about it all the time. So that's the next seven to 10 years for me is just focused on helping women if I can. And children, children really struggle. They've got parents who aren't coping very well and I'd like to sort of try and find a way to help them all somehow in a very small way probably. Yeah. No, no, no. Well, what is it? Small hinges swing big doors. Let's flesh out that, that project a little bit more before, and then we'll move on to St Andrews. So I have, it has been in the back of my mind for some time and you've definitely stirred up the hornet's nest. <laughs> and I think, and we've said occasionally that maybe a class project is a, an affordability thing project is a good idea and I'm absolutely all for that. What worries me about it is deciding on the model because mm. It's one, the type of accommodation, like knowing the right thing to do, because I know we think often every time I see an old, a motel that could be done up, I think that would be great. But then I think women, I don't know what women who don't have a home really need and is a little sort of studio room enough for what they need. They have children and creating the right space. And the second thing is, how do you set it up so that, that you're giving them the dignity that they deserve and not and it's not just a charity? So have yeah. you had lots of had thoughts around that? Yeah, I think about that a lot. And I've been talking to a few different people in Melbourne about it. There's a company called Women Can, and I'm having lunch with the CEO in next week to talk about what they're doing and, and to also talk about our project with the one yeah. woman and just to sort of just talk to her about what they do and I've donated quite a few things to a few charities around here that support women in most situations and they just said it's kind of like you're providing them with the next step to then go into their own home so it's kind of like you're not providing them a home for life you're just getting them yeah. back on their feet again and I keep thinking that's sort of what it would be it would be and to sit with them and say look how are we going to get you back up again because you've obviously had a really crappy time and trying to find ways to support them into that next phase. Sort of, I know this is a really bad analogy and you can cut it out in the edit if you like, but sort of like coming out of prison, like you're coming out of this situation and you have to then be integrated back into society and to learn how to cope by yourself and in some way. So that's the way I kind of think about it. And I think they're doing it 
a lot in all over the place already. So it would really just be expanding on that because it's the housing that's the problem. There's the availability yeah. of the housing and the cost of that housing that is a problem for the women. Yeah. Um, and I think like, yeah, the motel idea is a great one, but there's also sort of re- retirement villages shutting down. There's boarding houses, there's backpackers, things like that, that I've kind of seen pop up all over the place. And just have been not a halfway house, but they're a home for them to yeah. come and with some beautiful things on the wall and some nice decor to help them. Because women love nice things, don't they? We all like to be surrounded by nice things and pretty things. And I think that would be just giving them a bit of pampering after maybe having a really hard time with wherever they've been before that. Yeah, exactly. And I think the one of the things that happened is the government, well, quite a few state governments brought in affordable housing legislation, but the problem with it was it wasn't that affordable. Yeah. Like if someone that's on welfare, yeah, so whatever it is needs to be something that is not market price anyhow. A charity-based yeah. something. Yeah. yeah, that's right, where you've got kind of the people and people donating their money to it to help support yeah. these women. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, or even just building or renovating facilities where they're discounting the rent so that, because I don't think, it's not sustainable. If it can't be sustainable, it'll fizzle out. You've got to really create something that can live on. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah. And Christina's yeah. just saying that she's really keen. She's suggesting we set up a group discussion at the conference. I think you might have to get that past Michelle. <laughs> I'm already being told I've got to cut stuff out. So I don't know how that's going to go. But anyhow, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm happy to have a discussion with you, though. <laughs> yeah. So we've got our diamond day the day before. We could probably set some time aside to do that then, which would be good. Yeah, great. Um, yeah, I'll have some. I'm having this meeting with the lady at Women Can next week, and I'll pick her brain yeah, about amazing. what they're doing. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Love so that. let's look at St Andrews. So you've just recently bought this property. So what's the goal for this one? So we all like to have our own home. I've been living in my partner's home for over 15 years. It's still all of his stuff. My mum passed away and she was living with me at the time. So I had to pack everything down and put it into boxes, which are kind of still sitting in the bottom of my property. But yeah, so I wanted a house that I could, I wanted to do that at his house, but it was a bit hard because everything's his. So I just said, well, rather than us moving into our own house, let's just buy a place that we can make some money off Airbnb but also you get to keep your little man pad <laughs> and I get to have my little place that I can design and decorate and make warm and fuzzy and lovely so we can go down there and have nice family holidays down there together. And we've spent a fair bit of time down there. We've just finished setting it up and put it on Airbnb. We've got fully booked over Christmas already almost. And we haven't put it up for weekends yet because I have spent a little bit too much money on the cushions. And so I did say to Dave the other day, I'm going to have to put all the cushions in the garage when people come in because I don't want them touching the cushions. Oh, my <laughs> Actually, to be honest, it was only three cushions that I spent a lot of money on. The rest were all normal price. But when I say a lot of money, it probably wasn't a lot of money. But it was a lot. I don't spend money on cushions normally so I felt quite extravagant yeah so we've said that fireplace every time someone comes in and looks at it I get a different reaction from it really I think you said you loved it I hate that fireplace (laughs) I mean I feel like it looks like it should be in a ski chalet it really it's the shape of shape of a milk bottle and it sort of stands out quite a lot in the room 
So okay. I was thinking that would be the first thing that I got rid of. But those are limestones, like proper yeah. limestone. Yeah. And so I'm starting, I'm actually starting to like it a bit more and I'm thinking that I might paint it white just to kind of match the walls a bit more so it kind of feels a little bit less intrusive. But, yeah, it's funny. Lots of people have different reactions to it. Hate or love are the two words that I hear. So I get that it looks a little bit out of context. I'm not in love mm. with that semicircle path, but I just really love the aesthetic. I think that, yeah. and I think I showed you there's a text, there's a technique. Oh God, what was it called again? And it's where they actually rub over it with like whitewashing. Yeah, oh, okay. but it's not whitewashing. It's got a special name. It's a German technique. And a lot of uppers actually use it on things like that. So it sort of really lightens it. It will make it quite whitish. Yeah. So like right. a white. So yeah, I'll, nice. if I can find it and send it to you. And I found some tutorials on how to do it as well. Oh, uh, great. Thank you. Yeah. 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 So it actually makes the mortar smearing. That's it. Thanks. Smearing. So, oh, yeah. Okay. Great. Thanks, That's Madeline. Great to know. You're Thank awesome. You. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, we've lifted up the carpet and there's some nice boards under there. So ultimately I'm going to pull up the grey tiles and the greyness because I really wanted to warm it up. It was very grey when we walked in and if you yeah. saw the original photos, it was everything was grey. Yeah. Um, and so now it's all a nice Tasmanian oak and some nice warm, warmer tones around the place with some warmer kind of paintings and things like that. So, yeah, I've had a session with David to talk about the renovation. So. We're planning on doing that next year after Christmas. Yeah, so I don't know if you can all see that, but the sort of shape of the house, if you look down the bottom, there's the bit, the main bedroom and the ensuite and walk-in, that will stay the same. And then, so it's three bedrooms, one bathroom at the moment and a laundry, which is kind of where the top of where the kitchen is up the top where it's a yeah. stage one, it's sort of pointing. There's, there's a blue line there that shows where yeah. the laundry used to be. So from the bottom up, we're, we're leaving that second bedroom. The bedrooms are quite small. They're double-sized. The main bedroom's queen, but the other two are sort of doubles. And yeah. then we're planning on sort of opening, putting a laundry in there on the left along the hallway and then yeah. sort of extending the bathroom a bit and making, at the moment, it's got a bath and a shower in it. So we're going to put just a shower there and a sort of long kind of galley-style bathroom at the moment. We might change our mind on that just because this is the where it ended with the yeah. five different if you ever if anyone on here ever needs to look at a floor plan i promise you you the best money you can spend or some of the best money that you can spend is to go and see david at renovator concepts he's so good i literally didn't know that he was going to get online with our session for an hour and already have like seven plans already done for me it was like i thought we were going to get online and start talking about it but he'd already done like all the options and i was like oh my god this is amazing and he'd had thought of this exact same plan that I wanted to do so yeah it's a good chat yeah so opening up the bathroom and toilet and sort of yeah making that a bit wider and then the kitchen area is the main one for me because it's at the moment it's a kind of small u-shaped kitchen and those blue lines will be removed and we'll make more of an open plan kitchen and then doing sort of floor to ceiling windows because we've got a beautiful outlook to the kind of native bush setting out the back and putting a kind of covered in deck area where the sort of yeah, deck kind of area looks like it is and then yeah flattening out that fireplace in the lounge room it's quite a large lounge room and just sort of making oh. it a little bit more getting rid of those blue lines again because it's sort of a weird shape at the moment yeah. so and then the option for stage two was to put on we've got a garage there at the moment but knocking the garage down and actually putting a stage two 
almost like a secret retreat out the side. So behind the fireplace, nice. you know, a little door that goes in there from the living room. And then you have, see where the sort of, it's pointing between behind the fireplace and the bedroom yep. is that hallway yeah. um, that kind of is like an atrium-y kind of covered nice. garden area from the bedroom and yeah, just having like a kind of granny retreat. We've got a 91-year-old grandfather, but we've also got, yeah, three children. So being able to go down there and having space for everybody would be good. So that's a stage two plan that might happen a bit later. Yeah, beautiful. And so what do you hope to get out of the renovation? Will that be when you go and live in it or will it? We won't, yeah, we won't live in it. We're just going to use it as a kind of holiday home for us when it's not being rented out, like a place for us to retreat to because we are yeah. in an apartment. We're in a sort of three-storey apartment, so it's going to be where we have family holidays and things. But in sort of seven or eight years, we'll sell that one and our Ocean Shores property and we'll buy kind of forever home and just rent out our current PPLR potentially or yeah. we might sell our current PPLR so we can save the capital gains tax and yeah, rent the other ones out. So, I mean, like my ultimate goal would be to have sort of five properties and then when we get to retirement in seven or eight years' time, we sell down whatever we need to pay everything off and then everything that we get to keep is rent mm-hmm. for us to live off, basically. Mm. So Listen. the only thing I would say about that, like I really believe in owning your own home outright by the time you retire, but I think it's a bit like if you sell down anything that's not a principal place of residence, you're going to end up paying a lot of tax. And why pay the tax if it's covering itself? And yeah, so I guess it's probably a numbers game when you get to there. Yeah, uh, I think so. I mean, we've paid off our PPOR. We've almost paid off both of those properties. So I'd, yeah. it'll depend on where we're at in 10 years' time. Like we'll make yeah. that decision. I mean, we might not have to sell them, but it'll just be a, like you said, it'll be a numbers game. Let's yeah. go, okay. How much yep. have we got left? What? How much is it going to be to put our son through whatever he needs to go through at that point? And, yeah, but just ending up with as much as we can yeah, so that at the end we can go, right, consolidate. Yeah, let's, beautiful. Let's do some bigger things. And by then I'll only be 58, 56 kind of thing, so I'll still have time to continue on with the women, yep. my women affordable housing projects and things yep. like that. So, yeah. Awesome. Fingers crossed I make it there. I <laughs> know. Oh, yes. yes. We've all faced with that uncertainty. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's really, really great. So this is pretty much going to be your project for the time being, unless you do a joint venture. Is that? Oh, so yeah. So at the moment, yeah, we'll renovate this one next year, but early next year, I'm planning on doing a joint venture with two of the other Wonder Women one of which is a very experienced renovator and one of which is one of whom is a good with the books and good has the knowledge and the cash flow, I guess, to be able to do it. I wanted to do it with three people so that because I have a five-year-old, I want to make sure that I can give as much time as I can to it and my partner's away a fair bit. So I'm yeah. just making sure that there's a balance of time and energy going into it so that we're all really clear on expectations. So yeah, we're going to dive into that early next year hopefully and that'll be a little renovator depending on how much money we end up being able to spend but I'd like to try and get something soon so that we can make the most of any capital growth that's going to happen next year which has been talked about a fair bit at the moment. Yeah there's some great advice around Melbourne at the moment. Yes. Is that where you're 
Yeah. yeah, I've always loved East Melbourne. I've always loved those little Art Deco kind of East Melbourne one to two bedroom places and it's yeah. just such a great location. We live in Collingwood, which is the next suburb over, and I've always been sort of sniffing around East Melbourne and going into the inspections and things. And location-wise, I think that's a really great spot and anywhere within 5Ks of the city basically. And, yeah, there are some great buys, two $300,000 buys in Melbourne at the moment for little one betters or studios. And I think that's pretty good value for something that you can probably rent out. The The yield would probably yeah. be quite high. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of our yeah. one, as you know, has bought a little, what do they call them, Pierre de Terre in, up in Little Collins Street for, yeah, extremely envious. Yeah, it's, that's cool. Okay, so uh, just before we wind up, Let's just go back to your project with the Wonder Women. Now, the lovely Lucy Scott is going to be the interviewer. And just to, I guess, really recap what the plan is. So we're thinking that we might offer that as a little course and the proceeds from it will go to our affordable housing project. Exactly. Yeah. So we'll, yeah. we'll start off, we'll basically kind of like what we did on the retreat, but for those who weren't on the retreat, we'll do... First of all, we're going to start off with an interview with Lucy, which Bernadette will take, and we'll sort of introduce Lucy as the to the rest of the community in that way, and we'll talk about Lucy's current projects and maybe some of the other projects she's done and some of the profits she's made there. And then Lucy will take over as host, and I'll sort of produce those with Lucy, and we'll we'll do sort of pre-interviews with all the women, and we'll sort of produce it quite sort of nicely with some photos and budget and profit and things like that so that we all know what each other are up to and well, yeah I'd like to see it and we'll, we'll sell it for a little bit of money and yeah make some money for these affordable housing projects that we hope to do in the future and it's very exciting it is very exciting so mm-hmm. when's that kicking off so Lucy gets back on Saturday and Lucy right. and I are going to sit down and have a chat and talk about dates for her because obviously we need to make sure that's all in line and then we're going to start doing that the first one in the next month. So Wonder Women, you'll be getting a call from <laughs> <me>. <laughs> yeah. that's And then we're gonna, there'll be 10 people nominated, but there's obviously so many wonderful women in this group and I'm sure that there'll be lots more and we'll keep highlighting all the amazing people yeah. and what they're doing in this community because I think it's something that we yeah we don't we it'd be good to showcase you all as with all the amazing results that you're having <laughs> yeah there there is there are lots of I look I rave on about how amazing they are but yeah I think people think I'm banging on all the time about it but they really are yeah <laughs> yes. yeah so Megan are you coming up for the boardroom and the conference oh yeah so yeah I've got to I'm just going to work out what to do with my son because my husband's away but I'm planning to okay yes. I couldn't okay. miss it <laughs> no, I'll just well, bring him with me just pop him in the corner yeah, I was just thinking that. <laughs> Can't you do that? yeah that's well, what we do on our renovations don't we yeah exactly <laughs> take them along he actually was asked at his school the other day what his mum did for a living and he said oh she's a renovator oh that's, so he <laughs> loves doing it yeah I mean like he's only really been on the one and he was only kind of three at that time so he was kind of yeah he didn't really understand what was going on he just knew that he was getting lots of time with mummy and he was quite happy I'm sure he'll get over it soon (laughs) Uh, I don't think so I know with our kids we've got four as you know the girls take it or leave it David was absolutely obsessed 
like ridiculously so. He was drawing houses when he was about three, like he'd sit in the driveway and draw a house, like, yeah. So. Oh, Julius does this thing where he, like, he draws things up in the air. Like if he sees something, he starts, like, tracing oh, really? it. And then he colours it in and I'm like, oh, great, he's going to be an architect or something <laughs> designing. <laughs> and I'm definitely, like, training him that way. I'm like, come on, babe, let's go and have a look at this house. Or he's always going, oh, mummy, can we go to Bunnings and get a coffee? Or, mummy, can we go to Bunnings and get an ice cream? Or he's got a Bunnings hat. Like he's just, yeah, he's, he's definitely being trained up. Very, very <laughs> cute. I'll just quickly tell you this story. When we lived in Adelaide and David was about three, so I think we had three of the four, we put this massive extension on the back of our house and we doubled the size of the house. And Stephen, when he came home from work, would usually walk around and see what progress had been done during the day. And we had a ladder up to the roof. So we walked up to the roof to see what was going on up there. And I turned around and the ladder was at the end of the house and it was sort of concrete around it. And here this little head popped up over the edge of the roof (laughs) and he had come up. I'd said to them, to all of the kids, so you just play in the garden. We'll just go and look at this. There was no way he was being left behind. Seriously, my heart was in my mouth because I thought (laughs) I'd go and jump at him to try and catch him, you know, because I was worried he was going to fall. But anyhow, so no, I think that just renovating is a really, really good inspiration for your children and, yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. And Dave's well, Dave's daughter, my stepdaughter, Emma's coming home, as I said, next week. And I, I said to him the other day, I'm going to just have a little chat to her about renovating and about property because she's 25 now and she's now just finished her university degree and she's ready to kind of get into it. And I just said, let's make sure that we set them up as well so that they, they understand the importance of creating wealth to have a great life and be able to travel and do the things you want to do and keep passing it on down into the next generation and the next generation after that. Yeah, well, yeah. even just but getting it, that first home is it has a huge impact, doesn't it? Massive. I think that, yeah. and then it's like anything, isn't it? The more you do it, the more experienced you become, and the more knowledge you get, and the less fear you have around it. Like I have absolutely no fear around property or borrowing lots of money or anything now, which might come to bite me one day, but it hasn't so far. So <laughs> I'm just going to keep going with it. I don't think that will happen. Got a blue head on you. <laughs> Thank you. So you'll be fine. And you're an amazing inspiration to everyone that comes in contact with you. Well, thanks, Lee. So I just want to thank you very much for sharing a little bit of your life with us. We love having you in our community. And I'm so grateful to you for being really community driven and generous. So thank you. Thank you, Bernadette. You're a leader and inspirer and I you won't be able to get rid of me very easily now. <laughs> You're beautiful. Thank you for having me. If you want to meet up with a group of savvy renovating, I shouldn't say it's all women because it's not, savvy renovators, I'll say, come over and join She Renovates. It's completely it's free Facebook group and it is growing at the rate of knots. We hit a thousand members just recently and now it seems to have picked up momentum. And so they are all savvy renovating women and men that are working their little hearts out to live a better life through renovating. Join if you're not already a member and then ask, comment and do whatever you would like to do in order to further your renovation journey. And that's it for me today. So I'll see you next week.
This is the She Renovates podcast. To discover how to harness the power of renovating, check out theschoolofrenovating.com.